everyone, and welcome to Game Studies Review. Boo, rating, gay, listed. Cody Reimer, what's going on? Yay. Uh, what's going on is that I um, am, am pleased that Alex is finally playing Hades. I am playing Hades like a fiend. I just literally seconds before we started recording escaped Elysium for the first time. So jacked. Love that game. Everyone should go buy it App. right now. It's it's fan- fantastic. After yeah. last podcast, uh, yeah. Alex was bemoaning having like missed out on you know a whole kind of series of games. She felt like she wasn't up to date, and I said, "Well, we should we should you know give give some gaming homework as well as some reading homework for for the podcast." So and, and your I homework is to to get Hades, and she took it. She's been loving it. So that's I'm I'm pleased as punch. It's been so fun. It's been so fun. Well. I'm Alex Lane. I'm an associate professor. I never introduce myself. You know who Cody is. Cody's here every week. He's amazing. Uh, I'm around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never introduce yourself. I know. Who are you? Mysterious Whatever. host of the pod. If you don't know, you clearly aren't in on the internet. Oh. So uh, that's not true in the, at, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, what are we talking about today, Cody? Uh, Today is Ludic Ethics uh, by Lucy A. Sparrow and Martin Gibbs and Michael Arnold. Uh, Ludic Ethics, the ethical negotiations of players in online multiplayer games uh, from the 2021 uh, Games and Culture. Pretty pretty fresh, pretty new uh, from one of my favorite um, pubs, Games and Culture. That's and, our jam, uh, right? We're fresh, we're new, we're hip. Try to, try to be, uh, I, and I'm really pleased with myself. I've already got the article lined up for two weeks from now as well. Do you want to do a little um, spoiler? I'm super pissed uh, about it. So it's one of, one of the authors, uh, one of the scholars who I really respect in game studies uh, tweeted about her article on Tolkien's influence. Uh, and I was like, that is totally wow. my jam. That sounds so awesome. And she had said, like, reach out to me if you want a free copy. And I checked quick and my institution did not have access to the journal that it was in, which mm-hmm. I should probably see about it's feminist, you know, media history. It's kind of a, it's a it's kind a of a cool one. So, mm-hmm. uh, but so then I reached out and she gave me access. And so I have that. Uh, it's all lined up for next so time. So if but you're interested time, in token, if you're interested in games, tune in next week. But yes, this time. Yeah. We got some awesome stuff. Uh, this time it is ludic ethics, and we're kind of on. Um, so we were on an ontology bend, and mm-hmm. now we're kind of on an ethics bend. Uh, we did some accessibility stuff, which I think of as an ethical issue. Yeah. Um, and we're you know now on to ludic ethics, trying to trying to give Alex uh, throw Alex a bone. <laughs> That's great because I'm writing an article on ethics, and it's due uh, in October. So this is well, there you this, go. This is helpful to read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll, I'll give the, uh, the summary. Um, they specifically are trying to address uh, a gap that they see. Uh, they say that most of the scholarship on ethics and digital games are concerned with single player games rather than multiplayer. And the field needs more empirical work on player voices and experiences. Uh, but also very few studies uh, offer a framework for ethical considerations that span across acts, game contexts, and platforms, their I language. I that quote as well. I like that. Um, so yeah, so that's that's the kind of gap that they see this framework that they're going to supply in the article as filling. Uh, this framework uh, is for multiplayer ethics through empirical means. Their research question is, uh, quote, what key considerations do players draw on when evaluating the ethics of actions in online multiplayer games? Uh, end quote. I thought it was a very, you know, uh, fair and 
pertinent research questions seemed useful. Yeah, uh, and, and correct answerable. me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the stuff on ethics, at least that I've read that I think is floating around out there is deep diving into one specific game and the and the sort of ethical problems that the players face with choosing stuff like that seems to be more. And then, of course, you have like like sick arts work, things like that. But yeah, but this multiplayer looking at ethics of others has hasn't really been done in this frame. Uh, not, not to my memory. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll trust them, I guess, when they say, right. I'm not like a peer reviewer for the publication. Who's, you know, going to hyper scrutinize whether this is actually a gap, but to my knowledge, based on the, my understanding of the field, I haven't seen a whole lot, uh, uh or, or much maybe at all, maybe anything. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just say, I haven't seen anything. I mean, but multiplayer to ethics. be fair, they had a citation every five seconds. So it would be yeah, tough yeah. to dive into. Uh, so what they're trying to do uh, with their framework, they, they say, you know, through empirical means, those empirical means uh, are interviews with 20 individuals with experience playing online multiplayer games, uh, and then a follow-up focus group with 10 of those respondents or participants uh, to clarify and enrich the researcher's understanding. Uh, they provided moral vignettes to prompt players to respond to hypothetical situations about ethics in games. And they analyze the data through a reflexive thematic analysis after transcription and input into data analysis software and all of that. Uh, the four vignettes uh, are, were about uh, scamming, then griefing, then unwanted sexual interaction, and then lack of team play. And they had like a table pulled out that had excerpts from each of the vignettes. Mm -hmm. And the participants' ethical evaluations were interwoven with a vast array of meanings attached to digital games and play, including understandings of fun, freedom, boundedness, and adaptability. And that's a direct quote. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that's kind of the, um, the summary. The, their contributions um, include that... Uh, the emergence of four main themes which comprise their framework uh game boundaries consequences for play player sensibilities and virtuality so taken together these themes comprise this framework of what they call ludo morality uh, which they define as quote the ethical framework by which gamers uh, players sorry negotiate the ethics of in-game actions in online multiplayer games and, and i don't think we can quite do this framework of ludo morality justice because they have a fabulous uh visualization of oh, yeah. how this works that yeah. that i thought was was very clear i'm definitely going to be and using I that yeah, I appreciated that it was upfront too. You get the the juice of the article, you know, yep. right in the first bite. You don't have to, you know, uh, wait too long to get it, and it helps clarify how they're positioning their framework as you continue reading. So it's that that was great. Yep. Um, and I'm kind of again podcast ripping through, uh, you know, their stuff at a clip, and so you know the the main themes of game boundaries, consequences for play, player sensibilities, and virtu virtuality are really nicely unpacked in that image. Yep. Um, so what is part of the game was central for, for participants uh, and bound to uh, mechanics, objectives, or premise, and player culture. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really important. A lot of the uh, kind of data that they got were players interrogating, well, what's actually part of the game and what's not? Um, 
which you know makes me made me at least while I was reading this for this podcast think, oh well, I guess ontology and defining what the game is maybe. Oh wait, no, 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 mm. never mind. <laughs> mm. uh, so the authors see their contributions uh, as including two key points: first, promoting quote grounded constructivist exploration of in-game ethics through the perspectives of the players themselves, and two, putting the focus on ethical deliberation in this exploration. End quote. Um, and so the evaluations take on a ludic focus, but are integrated and intertwined with real world ethics at a fundamental level, according to the, the researchers, the, the authors, the scholars. Um, and so while it is ludic focused, this framework, it's ludo morality, um, it is, you know, obviously um, it cannot be divorced from real world ethics. And so I, I appreciate uh, that how they ask. Uh, how they approach the framework matters uh, in terms of the methods and that they're trying to answer uh, a question that I think has a real uh, place in game studies scholarship. Um, they write, quote, firstly, as player ethics are strongly ludic focused, efforts by game developers and educators to encourage players to behave more ethically and communicate a game's ethics may see more impact if they engage not only with extra ludic concerns, but also with ludo-moral ones as well. And secondly, players' ludo-moral values vary widely, end quote. So acknowledging the complexity and designing to account for options of the types of play that players want is important. And that seemed like a direct address to the kinds of stakes and takeaways of the article and their work, uh, directly addressing not only uh, philosophers and game study people and, and um, uh, academics, but designers and developers saying, listen, when people are negotiating as players, ethical concerns, uh, they are concerned not only with uh, the, the kind of ludic, uh, ludo-moral concerns, but extra ludic concerns and ludo-moral ones. And so you've got to account for that complexity and also account for it in, in the design. So I thought that that was, that was useful um, as, a, as a kind of contribution to uh, the field. What were your thoughts, Alex? What were my negative thoughts? So um, <laughs> can you just run it back for me? What was the question they were trying to answer? Yeah, the, yeah, so the research question was, what key considerations do players draw on when evaluating the ethics of actions in online multiplayer games? And they're not just talking about their own ethics, but the other players' actions as well. Yeah, what and considerations do other players, you know, uh, draw on? And those considerations are those four main themes. The four main boundaries, themes. consequences, yep. sensibilities, and, and virtuality. virtuality. Those, that's the framework that emerged from that research question uh, from the interviews and focus group with the 20 individuals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about my response to that in my hmm section, because I don't think this is necessarily a gap. My response is not a gap in the paper, but more of my personal reaction to some of this. Sure. Um, the main gap is definitions. Uh, they overlap ethics and morality and values. They don't provide operational definitions. They yeah. don't talk about boundaries. And like, I'm one to just be like, stop hedging, like, boring. Okay. We all get it. But in this case, um, the definitions and meanings of those words I find are so crucial. And not only that you define them for your audience reading this, but you define them for your people taking your 
survey, doing your interviews, doing your focus yeah. group. Because if you, you're talking about, they seem to equate ethical action or just questions of ethics in general with looking at abusive and toxic behavior. Like that seems to be where most of the examples come from. Like that's, yeah. that's fine, but that's not really ethics. Uh, is it morality even? Like, I don't know. Like I yeah, just, they, they conflate morality and ethics uh, like pretty, pretty uh, swiftly um, and often throughout. Yes, exactly. And as somebody who does work on ethics in games and ethics in other areas, um, the, 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 the way we think about ethics is, is super important. I, I brought out uh, Kat Schreier's book here. I interviewed her a few weeks ago and she, I, we have an epi episode up, We the Gamers, How Games Teach Ethics and Civics. Um, and I couldn't just on the fly here find the exact quote, but she right in the second page of her book defines ethics, defines civics, like very brief, brief operational definitions that were yep. encompassing. So we, like you can get all on the same page. So I was never on the same page with them about yeah. what they were talking about. And I guess I'll just get into my hmm now too, which really like, and maybe it was just me, but like I had tons of glazing over, tons of like losing the train of thought of what they were talking about and then how all the layers like connected back and what they were actually trying to say. And I think that that would have been solved with some nice definitions um, so that you could be on the same page. And the, the reason why I asked you what their research question was trying to solve isn't because I didn't understand that, but it was because I lost that thread over and over and over throughout, like, wait, what are they trying to do again? And, but the, and then, cause it just seemed like we we're going in all these different directions with morality and ethics and virtues. And I got, I got pretty lost. Um, so I questioned some of the findings. If you didn't define, and maybe they did, they just didn't talk about it. They very easily could have. Uh, if you didn't well, define ethics and morality for your for the people you're studying, but you're asking them about their ethical responses and using that word, I think that's a problem that calls yeah. the stuff into question. Um, yeah, I, and and maybe it shows up um, in their like introductory lit review, but that was just like a laundry list. Uh, it, it was it was drive-by citations, which is a for, pet peeve of yours. For well, it has value and it can show that like you've done you know you've done your research and you've in, you know engaged with the the kind of conversation surrounding a topic and you know the field. Mm -hmm. But if you don't actually do anything other than just be like, as we see in then blanket topic and just a list of names, and then you move on. There's no actual engagement with the literature. It's just like yeah, I've looked at titles and the people who wrote things with this title, I can just kind of dump. And I'm not saying that they haven't read what they're citing. That's not what I'm saying. Totally. But it could be because at least in that introduction, that mm -hmm. early lit review, it's just nothing but drive-by citations. And so I, I, wouldn't have, I would have liked to see a little bit slower, more thoughtful engagement with some of that literature, which would have also necessitated and, and kind of helped, I think, the kind of defining key terms that will help them carry out their purpose in the paper. Um, and I but, think just generally that is a feeling I get throughout the paper and maybe it was why it was so difficult for me to like follow through with, it reminded me of like reading Derrida for the first time. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let me go back to the beginning. That's the high sentence. praise. Okay. I read that, <laughs> I read that sentence and not, it's not a, it's not a praise or a, 
insult coming from me. I just am like, okay, wait, let me get back to the end of, for, end of the sentence. Okay, the beginning of the sentence. Okay, what about that word? Now, what? Because I was like, it was so quick. It was so quick and there was so much assumed. I was like, wait, what? I wanted some deep, to slow down, some deeper dives into the stuff as well. Well, what I would have liked um, is a little in the methods. So the methods are, are good. I like a lot. There's a lot to like about the methods. Okay. Um, I think it's fairly clear. It, it could have used defin definitions like Alex said for um, so that we knew how they were talking about ethics and morality and values with the participants was, was on the level. Um, but otherwise the methods seem fairly robust and persuasive, except I also would have liked to see more attention to the vignettes. So they chose these vignettes and I love the idea. I of love vignettes. the idea. It's fantastic, but the vignettes as we see them are like categorized in the four ways that I that I explained: uh, griefing, scamming, sexual interaction, and non-team playing. And it, there's this table in the article where they give like an you know little excerpted uh, piece of the hypothetical kind of script for that vignette, just a little snapshot of the vignette, and then you get bits and pieces of what the vignettes must have contained based on the like analysis and yeah, the respondents kind of working through it. And it, it seemed to me with the exception of the unwanted sexual interaction mm -hmm. vignette that all three vignettes, all three others were incredibly shallow yeah. with like no teeth. Yeah. There was, there was like no actual real quandary presented that was not just superficial. Yeah. Like the the so I'll give you an example. In the scamming one, the respondents said something to the effect of, well, it sounds like the player can just get reimbursed or rolled back or they get their items back like really quickly. So it's not actually that big of a deal. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, but that's not always the case. There, there are scamming attempts where like the person gets scammed out of their money and the devs just say, too fucking bad don't get scammed like i'm not gonna reimburse yep. you and inflate the economy or right like or they get scammed for an item that is not replaceable yep. and the dev policy is not to roll back or not to do or whatever like there are really you know much more high stakes examples that i think would have brought about a lot richer discussion about ludic concerns that would have also showed how they're entangled with like developer policies in these online multiplayer games that, you know, that this didn't get to. And so I guess what I'm saying is like, I love the idea of vignettes and I would have liked the methods to unpack a little bit more about like how these vignettes were crafted more specifically or more specific, maybe an appendix that includes the vignette scripts or something. I just felt like these vignettes don't, they don't seem to cut muster for me. I felt the exact same way. And in fact, when I came in here and I saw on our little note section and I saw the first thing you wrote is love the method section is clear, robust and persuasive. Cause in my head, I thought the method section to me seemed anything but that because it was lacking so much critical information. Yeah. Now I understand there is, exploratory research with which this falls into the category of, which basically is just a proof of concept to, Hey, look, we did this exploratory research to show that there's depth and, and research to be done here. And that's what this, this falls into the category of. Uh, so I understand you can't expect a huge deep dive into oh, yeah. a lot. However, um, for me, it's usefulness is in my, in, on my shelf is questionable um, because 
I don't know what questions they asked. I don't know what the full responses are. I like, I don't have a meaningful quantitative breakdown. I don't have a meaningful qualitative breakdown. Like I, all I have are, are extrapolations from the authors. Um, and to me, that's, it's not, it, it could be more useful, but, the, but this is like, gets into what you said uh, last week, like hype, like praises. Hey, we wanted more, you know, like I'm not necessarily well, yeah. bashing and, what we have. I'm just saying like, eh. and uh, listen, ethics, ethics is complex, right? <laughs> and coming up with an entire on this article for two years, I can't write it. It's so hard coming so. up with an entire framework for mm-hmm. ethics is not going to be done in a single paper. So again, like, as you said, as an exploratory piece, I think this, you know, makes a a decent effort. Yeah, there are gaps, there are flaws, there are problems, but I think um, the framework could be interesting. I would like to see more done with it in in follow-up scholarship. I'd like to see the authors continue um, exploring this framework and trying to, um, you know, make it more robust um, and, uh, replicate and, um, grow the scholarship on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, there's the, the issue with definitions and the vignettes are, uh, kind of sour me, uh, on it for, for using it for my own purposes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's a, in, unless you have anything else to add, I think that's a good bottom line. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like, it's like the roller coaster that just stops short of getting over that hill to get the free fall, like very close, lots of promise. Um, I look forward to seeing what they come up with next. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us on today's episode. If yeah, you have, thanks for an- having me. Yeah. If you have an article that you want us to review, um, please email us at gamestudiesreview at gmail.com. Our only inter- our only email is from Miguel Sickhart, which I'm still so excited about. I have to respond to him. Yes. Soon. But uh, but anyways, th- thank you, everybody. And Cody, I will uh, see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Good luck with Hades. Yeah, thank you.